Welcome to another edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. I'm your host, Damian Barling. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Thank you so much for downloading, streaming, and thank you so much for listening here. If you're listening on uh, Monday, October 21st, uh, we are one day away from the start of the NBA season. We are two days away from the start of the Sacramento Kings season, and we are four days away from the beginning of the home portion of the Sacramento Kings season. Obviously, Kings fans, it's a big day uh, for your team here is, well, the Buddy Heald extension deadline is today. Uh, what will what will happen here with with, with Buddy Heald, with Vlade Divac? The Fan Fest was this weekend. Uh, lots of jokes and games and smiles, and everybody was having fun. Uh, and a lot of speculation about what is going to happen today. Are they going to meet in the middle? Are they going to give Buddy what they want? Or is they steadfast at 90? Uh, what are we looking at here with with Buddy Heald and your Sacramento Kings? Well, we'll find out. Uh, and depending on what time you're listening to this, we may already know. Uh, but that's going to be a focal point of, of conversations here uh, all throughout the week on the Sacramento Kings podcast as we're going to uh, try to drop a number of episodes here this week. Of course, we'll have the post-game episodes as well as soon as the opener in Phoenix is over. We will have a podcast up for you dissecting that game, uh, and you can expect that. Uh, for just about all 82 games here uh, during this 2019-2020 NBA season. If you want to connect with the show, a number of ways you could do that, 916-888-5898. You could connect on social media as well, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search the name Damien Barling. Uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully you're all subscribers. If you're not yet, uh, become one. Hit the subscribe button. And if you haven't rated and reviewed the show yet, that's one of the best ways uh, to support the podcast, uh, just uh, hit the five-star rating. Uh, drop a line or two for a review, particularly theirs uh, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's a huge benefit to us. Of course, over there on the hoop-ball.com website. Uh, actually, your investment into the pay uh, podcast over on hoop-ball.com, it actually can pay off back for you, uh, particularly if you're a, a daily fantasy basketball player. So go check that out over on hoop ball. Com. And speaking of, let's bring in the founder of HoopBall.com, my buddy Aaron Bruski. And Bruski, we'll leave all the contract talk for another time, and we'll talk about what we've seen on the floor here. Uh, with the preseason behind us, have you have you seen what you expected to from the Sacramento Kings on the court? Well, I, I have you know a lot riding on the Sacramento Kings, you know, in fantasy and the, the gaming world. Um, you know, I've taken the over with them and uh i've been hit hard on that in the past but uh i've learned my lessons and uh george carl's no longer around so i think we're probably good <laughs> on that front um the the things i was looking for is just wanted to see the physicality of, of various players i want to see you know does buddy i wanted to make sure buddy didn't run himself into the ground in the off season because all that guy does is train mm-hmm. um wanted to see um i guess we'll just jump right to the to the topic du jour of rashawn holmes you know this is a guy that i've watched for many years now he's done well for us in fantasy and, and gaming and all of that so um we're no stranger to what he can do but the um question at his age you know did he peak big men sort of peak in their first three four seasons you know with the athleticism physicality uh, I think some combination of lower minutes and lower mileage for him has saved him he jumps off the page right now um, so I'm looking at each individual player I just want to see kind of where their physicality is let me just use that word five million times in a row and um, 
they all look great. It's it's really exciting, I think, if you're a Kings fan to know that these guys, there were no sort of fall-offs, you know. Yeah. Everybody is what you think that they are. And and now it's just really can they mesh all of this talent together and put up a big wins number. That was a little too subtle. Would you like to take a uh, longer Rashawn Holmes victory lap? <laughs> I know you're I know you're loving this. He played I mean, he played really, really well uh against Utah. I mean, he, he, I don't think he could have played better. He was four of four from the field. He was three of three uh from the foul line. I think he was plus fifteen in the game. Like, he was just phenomenal. And I expected that that was a little too subtle, Brewski. If you want to celebrate been, this one, man. Literally, I'm 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 not kidding. I've been sitting here um you know I got all this time late at night with the newborn and yeah, these tweets are rolling in and so I'm just kind of sitting there thinking like should I have my victory <laughs> lap now or should I wait? And, and really lay into it about, you know, midway through the season. I think the answer is all of the above. Yeah. Um, you could take multiple victory laps. I mean, I'm trying not... to hold it back because it's, you know, I feel like this is just such a run up to score victory. And, and but I'll, I'll say this, like when I was, it, so there's this, you know, the Rashawn Holmes thing has been a thing for three years over at the fantasy side of the site. And it's been happening forever. So like, we've always wanted him to get more minutes and, you know, he's deserved more minutes and he's just been great. But then with the Kings, you know, it's the other side of the brain here. It's like what piece would fit perfectly. And, and you look at your core, you got Fox healed and Bagley. And these are guys that all need their shots. They all need the ball. They all do what they do. And you're thinking, what's the most complimentary piece that you could add to this team that would make them sort of perfect. And it was always Rashawn Holmes. And, the Kings never do what I say, ever. And I'm, that day that the tweet came through, they were actually, I don't know if they've been following my Twitter feed. I mean, I know many of them do, but like, are, you know, is Vlade following the feed or is anybody that's making the calls, you know, are they following the feed or did they figure this out on their own? And that to me is something that I'd love to get some clarity on. But, um, He's perfect in the sense that he balances out offenses. He's not a guy that needs the ball in his hands. He's going to set that first screen. And for a team that has a speed player in De'Aaron Fox, one of the best shooters in the league in Buddy Heald, on the other side of that screen and roll, to add a vertical threat that all he wants to do is roll to the hoop and he can convert, you've created this impossible thing to defend. And, oh, by the way, you can create a one-on-one -on, -one on the other side with Marvin Bagley if your immediate play doesn't open right up. So offensively, it's always been this perfect piece because of his low usage and the way he balances out offenses and really sets effective screens. So you, you've got kind of the best, the best thing that you can have to start an offense. And then defensively, you put him next to Marvin Bagley, and that's so much length, so much rim protection, um, they can switch almost anything. This team with Fox healed and those two guys, you know, you just sort of pick the fifth guy that you want in there and it's perfect. And I remember saying, tweeting that if you added Rashawn Holmes, that I would put them as a top four team in the West. Mm -hmm. And they went and they did it. And, and I'm looking at this, all this big talk that I've had and I you know, wanted to see, did, does it all pan out? And now Rashawn Holmes is literally jumping off, the screen on film and I think he's shown enough right away to, to be a guy that you would start over Dwayne Dedman now the realities of that will they do that um, that'd be interesting to see because if they do do it 
that's a that's an indicator that that they're able to recognize talent that they're able to sort of not get attached to big contracts that they 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 sign you know and they just let the best guy go out there and get it um you know they also have a guy in harry giles you know who hasn't been playing due to his knee Mm -hmm. you know did he just get leapfrogged as well but i mean if you play Rashawn, this is the, the the bet that I made everybody online. If you play him more than 24 minutes per game this year, I'll put them in the top four, in the number four slot. And what a story that would be yeah. if that actually pans out. Uh, you mentioned realities. There, there, there was a lot there in what you said, and uh, it lines up uh, really well with a couple of points that I had just jotted down that I want to run by you. You use the term realities. I assume when you say that, you're talking about the financial realities of what's ahead of the Sacramento Kings if Rashawn Holmes is better than Dwayne Dedman. Um, is that a fair assumption, by the way, that we're talking about financial he, realities? Absolutely. And even just, you know, Harry Giles, you know, there's not as much money sunk into him, but, you know, you yeah. did have a big trade, you know, so, and he's been a huge part of what you've been promoting. And that was kind of, that, that's kind of where I was going next, Brewski. It 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 feels like, because it, it's not only Rashawn Holmes, uh, Nemanja Bjelica played really well against Utah. He had a couple of good games against Indiana as well. I think he just kind of had a he had a clunker against Phoenix. But you know, you know, three you know three fourths of the preseason, I think Nemanja Bjelica has played really well. And then you've already mentioned Dwayne Dedman, and you've mentioned Rashawn Holmes here. We know Marvin Bagley is is you know a a king of the future, so to speak. And you start looking around, and Harry Giles isn't. And I wonder if. There's more to the Harry Giles situation than we're being told about. I mean, the dude hasn't practiced in several, several weeks. To the best of our knowledge, he hasn't played competitive basketball since last March. And now we're kind of sitting here scratching our head like, is there more to this uh, than what we're being made aware of? And perhaps this is a situation with the, the play of the bigs for the Kings that maybe the decision's already been made that, you know, Harry's not even healthy here to start the season, or at least it appears he's not healthy here to start the season. And we've got Rashawn Holmes and, and Nemanja Bialica playing the way that they, they, they are, along with the starters that are already in the lineup. Well, it's either one of two things. One would be a good, the best case scenario is that he's on a pitch count and they're basically going to mm. wind him up and start him up for the first day of the season. Um, that feels like a problem to me. Well, I mean... I, I'm not saying you're wrong. Of, I'm just saying it's... Oh, that's that, that's that's just scary. Well, to I me. mean, that's I mean, this is a guy who's had multiple knee surgeries. He's you know, people didn't really think he would kind of be the guy he is right sure. now. Like there was a lot of doubt about whether he would actually even step foot on the basketball court. So um, I think that that's a possibility. That's your best case scenario. The other case is that he's actually hurt, and you know, all of the things that you have outlined that they're actually true and. Um, you know, there's been a general, so like, I'm excited about what he can be, you know, from a perspective, he has great vision. He's got this versatility, versatility. You don't know what, kind of like how that's going to get harnessed. Is he going to be trending more toward like, kind of like a Pascal Siakam mm-hmm. point forward type guy? Cause he doesn't elevate, you know, he doesn't really truly protect the rim. He's not a vertical threat. Um, he's not the strongest guy, but he has this, uh, athleticism that you know it jumps off the page and when you combine that with some of the vision and the energy that he plays with you know you just kind of wonder what he's going to end up being so but at the same time people have really sort of inserted him as this high-end prospect that has this high ceiling and 
in many ways, I kind of almost think it's unfair to him because even if he has that potential, the the expectation is that he's going to immediately tap into that and be this guy. And I don't yeah. know that he, I don't know that his ceiling is what Rashawn Holmes is already mm-hmm. like. So the expectation levels there are out of whack. As far as Bielitsa goes, we'll have to agree to disagree. I am just, um, you know, with him, I, he can shoot. That's great. I, I think that's, that's definitely something that's necessary for this team. Um, but it, like defensively there's, I think, you know, when the minute the other team sees him on the floor, they just reorganize their offense and decide that they're going to attack him every single time. And that, that even if he plays well is problematic because you're letting the team dictate what they want to do and get at the comfort zone that they want to get into. Um, but what player on the Kings would a team fear defensively? Um, would they fear like, as in. Like it would like like is there is there a player on the Sacramento Kings where uh, you know you you talked about uh, Nemanja Bjelica perhaps uh, you know a team seeing him and oh we can have our way here is there a a, a player on the like is there I mean is there anything else but that because I I mean I feel what I mean is I feel like the team is collectively what you just said Nemanja Bjelica is as far as defensively yeah I defensively. Actually- I have a pretty high opinion of, of collect, even like, I guess the individual parts, like we'll start down, you know, with Fox Fox has sure. this jitterbug, like his ability to cover two players at once. You got a couple guys that can do this, but um, Fox has this ability to cover two guys at once. He gets sandpapered on screens a little too much, but you know, that's something I think with added strength and added experience, he'll be able to, this year, next year, the year after that will really be his prime years in terms of on-ball defense. Uh, Buddy, I I saw some defensive stuff from him last year that, to me, put him in the top half of the league, the top half of starting shooting guards defensively with what he's doing physically, um, with strength, with his foot speed, his his reaction time, um, off-ball, some lapses, but nothing too crazy. Um, From there, though, you know, Marvin Bagley, again, off ball stuff, but really good elevation, pretty good instincts and, and really good physicality. But then with Rashawn, the one thing that he's done defensively over the years is you watch like the Golden State Warriors play against his teams. They come across a pick and roll and they see Rashawn and they just pass right out of it. They go, we don't want that guy. And so you have four players right there who have switchability, which is really big in today's NBA. Um, but they have the ability, I think, to beat their man, you know, defensively. Um, you know, Fox, I think, has a high-end potential defensively. Maybe not something like a defensive player of the year discussion, but something more of like a defensive first, second, third team. Yeah, I'm with you there. Something in that realm. I think Buddy might not get the credit for it, but I think he could touch a third team. And I don't know that Rashawn Holmes will get the credit because it's going to take three years, I think, for the NBA to figure it out. I've lost... Um, faith in NBA scouting, by the way, how this guy, you know, it's like, you want to get, you want to, you want to look at the Kings and be like, how did you not get a third year in this deal? Yeah. Or like, how did, how did you not really lock him in for his prime? Um, and at the same time, they're the only ones in the league that went out and got him. So, um, you know, hat tip to them, but I think Rashawn Holmes, if we're just talking about the merits would be an easy first, second, third team discussion if he gets over 24 minutes a game is really able to to put his his uh, kind of his name down and, and get recognition because it takes a couple years after you, once you get the recognition in the first year 
it takes the average NBA voter about two years after that to figure it out. And, and at that point in time, Rashawn Holmes will probably get a big deal from somebody and then at that point be overvalued. And then we'll see if I'm still invited to the Holmes family Thanksgiving. You're, uh, <laughs> you make a... <laughs> Yeah, you make a great point there in that sometimes the league figures it out. Sometimes scouts figure it out two years late. Um, and or 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 in this case, in talking about voters, the, the you know, uh, def- all defensive teams uh, figuring out a little bit too late, which is why I think you're wrong on all fronts except De'Aaron Fox, because I think De'Aaron Fox already has people's attention in terms of uh, how difficult his quickness is on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think, buddy, like once you're associated with something, that's what you're associated with. De'Aaron is associated with speed, and that speed translates to both sides of the floor. Buddy right now is a three-point shooter. Uh, he's a scorer, so that's what he's associated with. His defense would have to fly off the page against the league's best scorers to even remotely grab somebody's attention. Um, well, so it was it was the national writer. I forget who they were. Like had him as the sixth man. Yeah, yeah, sixth man of the year. Buddy Heald, definitely. Yeah, Buddy Heald is in contention for sixth man of the year. That's you, you know I I was I heard uh, you know obviously got a ton of texts that night. You dro- drove Kings fans nuts here on the on the podcast text line. Um, that type of stuff drives Kings fan nuts. I can tell you uh, from a very personal perspective that is stuff that drives other analysts nuts because oh. it's like. How much work did you have to do to know that Buddy Heald played and started in 82 freaking games last year to go out there and make that remark? It's the, the higher you go in the media food, food chain and the more responsibilities those guys get, is it takes them further away from really the, the nuts and bolts of basketball analysis is – I mean, I'll say we do these little things called blurbs and they're like little snippets of what happened and what the impact was. Like, those are like push-ups. You do them every day and then you know what's going on with the 12th man over in Philadelphia. Um, these guys, they don't do any of that. <laughs> they fire off, you know, Buddy Heald's going to be a six-man candidate even though he started, you know, for, for however long. It's You know it's, how guys, you, you know how fans get really upset because of, uh, and it doesn't matter the sport, it, 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 it's universal across football, basketball, you know, baseball, whatever. Uh, oh, th- this was his contract year. He balled out, he got his money, and now all of a sudden he stinks. The same can be very true for media. Like, oh, I made it to Turner Sports. I can suck now. Because it's amazing how many guys do that. Like, they get to those highest levels. They do all of the things that you just said, and then they wind up on ESPN, and they wind up on on Turner Networks, and suddenly they suck. Like, suddenly they're awful, and they can't remember, or they don't take the time to research the simplest thing. Uh, and well, at least, at least I can get heckled now on Twitter. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah. Cause Twitter, it wasn't that Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter is a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful place to be. I say with all sarcasm in the world. Well, you know, like, you know, um, with, with re- respect to defense, there's something I did in case we run out of time here. I did want to get this off my chest with the Trevor Ariza thing. Um, you know, with whatever's going on with his back, I don't think it's serious. Um, you know, but it's something you want to watch out for. You throw if 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 Trevor Ariza, I'm watching him right now. I want to know is he willing to take a 20 minute roll per game and just ball out mm-hmm. during those 20 minutes to just give everything he has, not shoot. You know, he's he's got this this idea from past stops that he's like kind of a higher end offensive player, and um, 
you know, that leads to some bad shot attempts. Um, but if he just really focuses on the defensive side of the ball as a ninth or 10th man, you know, eighth, ninth, 10th man with his experience and his skill, he could be the final piece where if he's playing as the, the fifth defensive player in that arrangement, I think that defensive alignment minus the Clippers and I might be forgetting one team that's out there. I would put that team, that five man roster up against any defensive unit in the league. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exciting because with the defense comes the fast break comes the offense and, and the Kings, you know, at that point in time could compete for that four slot. You know, this, this is going to be an interesting case study, Brewski, because you appear to be really high on some of the Sacramento Kings individually as defenders. I'm interested to see how that individuality it, like results in team success on the defensive end. Cause I think you can make a, f- I think you can make a fair argument. It, it's, it's, you know, you have to, it, it's one of those situations of take it for what it's worth. Like it's four preseason games that they haven't been stellar defensively. Uh, which was a you know it was a point it was brought up at media day it was one of the first things brought up at media day Luke Walton was adamant we're starting you know before we go to India every practice we're starting with it's it's defense and then they run into the Phoenix Suns who are you know they're still the Phoenix Suns and it was tough to really get a measurement for what that game was and I looked at the game versus Utah like okay this is this is a good marker for them you talk about being fourth in the west if all stars align well I think a lot of people have Utah there uh, near the top of the Western Conference. And, you know, they scored 37 points in the in the first quarter, but they gave up 38. And then things kind of settled down for them. But I still wasn't clear what to take away from it. I wonder if we're in a situation here with the Sacramento Kings where here this first year, maybe everything that you say about these Kings defenders is right, but yet they can't quite figure out how to play together defensively the same way they play together offensively. The thing I'm looking at there is Marvin Bagley. Now, Marvin Bagley on film has not been good defensively this preseason. And he's been a step late. He's not seeing the game. And that's pretty, I don't know, it's it's, it's preseason, second season. So there are a lot of players who are in their seventh or eighth season that come into preseason and they just look terrible on defense. And on day one of the regular season, they're fine. Um, But he's the one guy who has the potential to, sort of take the team and spin it in the, in a direction that it may, 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 maybe not doesn't want to go. And what I mean by that is like, they have an incredible identity. If they choose to keep it, which I think they should is running and running and running and running some more and just putting together a bunch of body blows and making the other team get tired, make mistakes, wear them down. And, you know, all of the personnel fits that everybody runs. Um, But Marvin Bagley is a one-on-one player and if he doesn't feel like he's getting his touches or he's taking shots outside of the flow of what that offense could be, because he's such a spectacular one-on-one player. I mean, this happens with all sorts of teams. It's not really kind of germane to him. It, it's just something that a lot of teams go through. So if he does that and things slow down and the offense gets bogged down, if there's sort of this imbalance of sorts on offense, does it affect the defense and the connectivity that's required to put all those individual talents to use. That would be the thing that I would see sort of kind of 20 games in where you look and you go, okay, they're not really gelling on defense. 
and th they're not there for each other is starting to point fingers a little bit. That would be the thing I would watch out for. Um, but beyond that, I don't think, I mean, I think that the, the want to play defense is there. I think with Luke Walton's system, that's really aggressive and we're going to see how aggressive it really is. And I've been talking about switching and, you know, what that actually looks like. If they really buy into that philosophy and stay on the run, like they could be the swarming defense that everybody's talking about, but key questions, Dwayne Dedman, yeah. you know, how much is he playing? Nemanja Bialica, how much is he playing? Those things can take away from the edges of what a defensive output looks like. And again, you know, uh, eventually they've got to gel as a unit. And so your, your, your question is kind of the key one. If they don't play good defense, they don't get out and run. That's when people start to point fingers and hopefully, you know, for the Kings and Kings fans, they've, they've gotten, you know, buddy healed off to a good, good start with contract extension. Um, you know, but it, I guess overall, I don't see that many, red flags for their defense they just got to avoid those bigger things what is buddy's dollar figure to you do you have whatever one? he whatever he wants that's how high i am on buddy healed the player um and if he doesn't get the money from the kings somebody else is going to give it to him so well and, and that, that, that's something that i was kind of laughing about this weekend as i watched you know kind of faux journalists cover the sacramento kings and some of the things i saw tweeted about him being a sacramento king like for the foreseeable future it was like yeah dude that's how restricted free agency works like if he enters restricted free agency he's going to be a king but he's probably going to be a king for a very different price uh isn't this all about keeping making sure that buddy is happy more than anything else I mean, obviously, you, I, you, you want him paid. Like, I mean, if you're Buddy, you, you want to get paid. You're going to get paid either way. But if you're King, before, but, but, but if, you're, uh, if you're the Sacramento Kings and you've, you know, you've pumped your franchise up, like it's Buddy, it's De'Aaron, it's Marvin Bagley, we believe that's the team that's going to take us to the, you know, to the playoffs. Like, isn't, isn't this about making sure that Buddy Heald is happy? Yeah, you, you, you got to ask a key question. When you throw the money at somebody, you got to ask a key question. It's like, what does this look like two, three years from now? And he checks every single box. He's such a hard worker that you almost have to pull him back on your own. He fits with De'Aaron Fox in that he could probably play three. And I kind of wondered, you know, did he bulk up with the intention of playing a lot of minutes at the three, even though you got the Mar or the Harrison Barnes thing going on there and, and nothing makes sense as far as like minutes and workloads and you know, finding minutes for guys, but he's a perfect complement to a thinner, more kind of jitterbuggy, fast uh, De'Aaron Fox. He shoots the lights out. You need that with De'Aaron Fox. You, it's just they're perfect with each other. So why would you then risk either losing him or having him be irritated? I have a feeling that you could mentally not lose him. You mentally you lose, especially a guy like Buddy. You know, there's there's guys that look at things kind of very just kind of transactionally. And I think he's more on the other side where mm -hmm. he's like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yep. I'm going to tell you what I think. And now you've, now you've pissed me off. Cause he, I mean, normally you don't go to the press and, and indicate your frustration unless you're aware of your heart and your sleeve kind of guy, which he did. Yeah. They got to lock that up. And I think they will. I thought it was pretty telling when Luke Walton said that um, somebody asked him about it and he sort of fired off a question. Like, oh, did he sign the deal? Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, I think this is sort of just Buddy getting a little frustrated that, hey, if you're going to sign me, why not just do it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. get it over with. Don't don't jerk me around. So it'll be interesting to see if there is any reason that they're jerking him around. I don't think so, but 
you know, stranger things have happened in Sacramento. Well, I think when you're at this point, it, it's the number, which means like, I'm, I'm confident that the Kings haven't offered him a max contract. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's what we're, we're talking about here, but, but, but time will tell random, totally unrelated. So, I mean, well, not totally unrelated, mildly underrated, uh, uh, or unrelated is buddy healed better than Bradley Beal right now. Right this second? No. But I had to really think about that. I, I don't think so either. I think the the only reason I asked is I, I was having a conversation with a friend of, you know, kind of Buddy versus Bradley Heel, pers- Bradley Beal's pr- perspective trades and all that. I, w- I don't know why, but I was floored as we were just talking. And, you know, you start talking, you start doing research. Bradley Beal is younger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, Bradley Beal is, I mean, it's like a handful of months, but he's younger than Buddy Heald. Like, I, w- I was absolutely floored by that. And and you, you could try to play the mileage argument that, like, Buddy's got less mileage somehow, you know. Yeah. But, no, I mean, Buddy. Bradley Beal's really good. Like, he's really, really good. He, he He's really good. Um, He's in his prime right now, yeah. and he's going to have a spectacular um, statistical season this year. Um, But defensively again the stuff i've seen healed put on film is the kind of stuff you expect out of a number one defender you know he's beating guys to the spot he's got the muscle to keep them off their line he's he's contesting he's playing a hundred miles an hour i mean some of his chase down steals you know are, are just like you don't see nba guys do that so I had to think a little bit, but um, right now Bradley Beal's game is polished enough to where he can function like a point guard, but he can't, you know, so I'll, I'll give the, the edge to Buddy or probably to Bradley Beal, but only for a year or two. Well, the next time we talk, the regular season will be underway. Uh, I think after uh, today's show, we should start referring to you as assistant general manager, Aaron <laughs> or, or or more true to, to form and to my personal brand, we could call you assistant to the general manager, Aaron Brewski. Assistant to the assistant to the assistant. Well, I, I you know, hey, it, you know, King if Land, you recall, that like, was called an <laughs> arm. If you recall from the office, the assistant to the assistant regional manager was called the AARM. So I just, just want to make sure we bring the reference full circle. Well, it fits, it works. And you know, Hey Kings, if you're following my Twitter feed and you're, and you're, you're using my picks, you know, pay me. Yes, of course. <laughs> and there is a way that you could do that. You could buy, uh, all of the, the draft guys. I had no idea. I was, uh, you know, getting in, in, in bed here, so to speak on this podcast, uh, with so many degenerates. I mean, I'm happy I'm here. This podcast is a blast and the amount of people that listen to it is, is awesome. And the amount of feedback we get, but you guys are degenerates. We have problems, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> but if you want to know why we know things, yeah, you know, it's that's why we know things. But yeah, you know, pay the man. That's it. Pay me. Head over to hoop dash like the actual sign hoop dash ball dot com. Uh, Brewski, always a pleasure, my man. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Man, his campaigning for Rashawn Holmes has really paid off here if, during the preseason. Uh, I think we, you know, we talked about this when when the Kings picked him up during free agency. He was going to be a guy that Sacramento Kings fans fell in love with uh, just because of the style of his game. For those that weren't familiar with him uh, and those who started digging into YouTube and, and, and highlight films to, to learn more about Rashawn Holmes, you know, we said immediately this is a guy that the fan base is going to absolutely fall in love with because of his style of play. Uh, and not only has ha, have fans fallen in love with his style of play, but his style of play has fit in beautifully 
uh, with what the Kings are trying to do here. So uh, one other note uh, that we didn't touch on, uh, we didn't really touch on with Aaron Bruce. We, we kind of did. We danced around it a little bit. Didn't mention at the start of the podcast is Luke Walton uh, announced that, that, that Harry Giles won't, won't be playing against Phoenix. Didn't, didn't really go much further. Uh, didn't really say anything about uh, the game on Friday at the Golden One Center. D- didn't really have a timeline for when we can expect Harry Giles out there on the floor. Uh, but this was a concern. And we talked about it when Harry Giles didn't make the, make the trip to India. And you can go back if you're, uh, if you're new to the podcast and, and you want to get caught up on some of the offseason happenings here uh, before the regular season gets underway in a couple of days. We've had a number of conversations about Harry Giles and you know, a concern when he didn't go to India over Harry Giles' health. And now looking at the way Rashawn Holmes is playing, and I don't know, Brewski, is, as you heard there a moment ago, not, a, not, not really a big fan of Nemanja Bialica, but he has played, particularly on the offensive end, relatively well uh, through the preseason. And obviously you got Dwayne Dedman there and, and then the franchise, Marvin Bagley. What do you, where's Harry Giles going to fit in this? Like we all love Harry Giles. There's no question about that. Sacramento loves Harry Giles. I do believe that the Kings uh, love Harry Giles. I just, what are we talking about? Like what's happening with him? And that's, that's, it's magnified because of his injury history. I understand that. And maybe it's making a mountain out of a molehill molehill. Um, But, you know, we haven't seen him play since March and that's concerning. And I, they, I, I guess, like, I'm, did he have full contact practices those first two days? Because the reports were always, he practiced, you know, when training camp opened up, uh, I think there was a total, you know, even though it was only like two and a half days, I think it was a total of three or four practice, given that I know that that first Saturday of training camp, they ran two. I don't know if they did on Sunday, but I know they practiced Sunday and then they practiced again on, on Monday before leaving for India. D- did Harry practice in all of those? Uh, did he not practice in the Monday one? Was it full contact practice? Is this an issue that's going all the way back to when he sat in March? I, just, I, I have so many questions uh, as they pertain to to Harry Giles and his his current uh, status with the Sacramento Kings is important. But really, his current what's his health status? That's what I'm concerned most about. And will he even have an opportunity uh, to play himself into the lineup? Uh, once he returns and when is he going to return? So again, a lot of questions here. And, and again, I understand mountain molehills. Like I get it. Uh, his, his past, his injury history magnifies this situation uh, significantly more than, than maybe it should be. We've, you know, we've got all, all cl- nothing new on the MRI. Okay. Like, but, but what's, what's keeping him out of practice? What's keeping him out of games? What's, what's the concern here uh, with, I assume the medical staff as well as the coaching staff. And how is Harry Giles feeling right now? But those are questions that I guess will all be answered in time. Um, I'm working on a few more guests here as, as, as the week goes along. I haven't got confirmation on them yet, but uh, make sure you have your alerts turned on. That way you can be notified every time a podcast post. We plan to have a couple of them for you here uh, again this week because I know uh, I am, as all Sacramento Kings fans are, uh, very excited for the beginning of the 2019-20 season, which gets underway in Phoenix on Wednesday. Again, you want to connect with the show, 916-888-5898. You can connect on social media as well, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Just search Jamie Barling. Uh, Hit the follows, hit the likes, hit the friends, do all of that good stuff, and I'll be sure to uh, connect with you that way. Appreciate you, as always, tuning in. Uh, Become a subscriber if you're not. 
uh, rate, review, do all of that great stuff. But don't miss a single episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.